with with Schwab, she's one of those people, one of those authors where I don't know. I feel like I can see her thinking. So I just imagine she's walking one day and she sees her shadow and she's just like, huh, a shadow. That's interesting. Let me write a whole book about it. Like, I feel like that's what she thinks. I'm just going to write a whole book about a shadow. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. and Dawn and today we are going to be discussing Gallant by V.E. Schwab. Super excited to talk about this book today. Um, And yeah, so how our podcast work is we are going to do a spoiler-free edition of the book and then we will let you know when we are going to spoil it because it's not a good book talk if you don't spoil the book. Okay, that's all I have to say. Everyone wants to know what our thoughts are. So, um, yeah, without further ado, we're going to talk about Gallant. So, Gallant is about this girl named Olivia Pryor, and Olivia Pryor has been basically at an all-girls school for the majority of her life and has only been left with one lifeline leading her back to her mother, and she has memorized this journal that her mother left her backwards and forwards, and doesn't understand why she's been left in this world. Um, And she has come of age to leave the school because she's literally, you know, she's she's too old to live there anymore. (laughs) I come to find out there's a letter that has been sent to her saying, you've always been wanted and we look forward to you joining us at Gallant. But the tagline is that that's the one place her mother warned her not to go. So, dum, dum, dum. Like, I don't think you can really talk about any more other than that. This book is, I think it's supposed to be, like, borderline horror, eerie, eh, fantasy, two separate worldsy things. I don't know how else to explain it, but I didn't realize that it was supposed to be, like, borderline horror, but now I do, since I've read it all the way through. Yeah. So, anyway. Don, what did you rate this book? I gave it a four, which is, I'll talk about, I'll talk about it later, but yeah. Okay. Why are you always so we shocked? Oh, okay. Because, because your Don makes little like tagline posts where she makes you think about what she has <laughs> rated this book. And so she sends a picture on our Instagram feed, mind you, Don and I don't talk about the book until literally like right now. <laughs> and she puts tagline, I have thoughts. <laughs> so anytime yeah. Don has thoughts, it's never good. Oh. Sometimes it's good, but if you preface with I have thoughts, it's usually bad. Don didn't like this. Yeah. So I had no idea and I was <laughs> like you know, I, I flew through this book. I listened to it a little bit, which, mind you, if you decide to either listen to or read it, honestly, I would almost recommend to listen to it. Mm-hmm. It, it is very well. Very well. Um, or if you want to read it, it's a great read for the weekend. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So. Okay, so we're going to start off with John. What are some things you did not like about this book? All right. So speaking of thoughts, here's why I had thoughts. Okay, um, I am like most people who, where V.E. Schwab is a hit or miss author for them. I went into this reading this book, reluct- not reluctantly because we had to read it for the podcast, but I wasn't like, this wasn't a high hopes book for me because I don't like Schwab's youth books. I don't like her YA and I don't like her middle grade. I love her adult books. I'll read her adult books all day. I love them forever. But her YA and middle grade books are, I don't like them. And Mm -hmm. so for me to give this a four, 
this 4 for V. Schwab is comparable to a 2.5 for any other author. Like, a V. Schwab book needs to be a 4.5 or higher. And if it's lower than a 4.5, it's, I, it's just like, eh. Whatever. Yeah. So. And this is also interesting, too, because I did, I did some digging, and V. E. Schwab is no longer going by Victoria Schwab for her YA books, so we were kind of misled, <laughs> I think, with the authorage of this book. Uh, just because, like her, because her adult books are usually by V. E. Schwab, so it's like I didn't think that this was Y. A. Due to who the book was by, I assumed that it was adult. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm reading it. And I'm like, this is not adult, but I'm not unhappy. <laughs> well, I feel like her. I don't like her Y. A. Middle grade books. Because I know what Schwab is capable of. Like, I love her adult books. And I know the type of writer she is and the type of storyteller she is. But it always seems like her YA or middle grade books are lacking something. It's lacking meat or something. And I don't know if it's because she has to, I don't want to say dumb it down. But she has to be more plot driven because teen books tend to be more plot. And I don't think plot is one of her she doesn't have any weaknesses in my opinion but I wouldn't put I wouldn't put plot as one of her higher strengths I would put it lower on the list of her strength list so maybe she's just not a plot writer I don't know but yeah, she's really good at characters like uh-huh. writing out unique characters she's really good at symbolism and yes. there's a reason behind it yeah but like yes her plots like it it's they're not super meaty like they're kind of yeah you know what like they're lacking something but all those other things make up for it so you're like not super unhappy about it because I just keep thinking about you know like we we read last year the invisible I can talk the invisible life of Addie LaRue it was amazing right like amazing Don and I both loved it like that was like our number one book of the year and yet again, the plot is rather simple. Mm-hmm. However, she wrote the characters and the symbolism and the metaphor and all of it really well. So it was like, I wasn't too mad about it. But yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think she needs to ask like Steve Otter or Lady Taylor how to write a, a teen fantasy book because she, sh- they are more. No, she, I don't, I don't know. She just, it's just always missing something. It's missing something. And this book was missing something. And I still enjoyed it. It wasn't a horrible book, but it still wasn't the level of her writing that I know she's capable of. So, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. That was like my number one thing I literally wrote. Was that it? Yeah. I feel like we, I feel like we missed something because I remember like I read the last chapter like twice because I was like, did I, like, like, did I get that? Like, was that it? You know, and I was a little disappointed because she has such great buildup and there's all of these things and you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like, did we miss it? Like, did, <laughs> we're done. We're, did we we're miss done. it? Did, Hello? Just like, that, literally, that's what I did. Are you, are you under there? Yeah. <laughs> like, did I read that right? <laughs> And, but I, but I also, after like thinking that and rereading it now, I was like, I guess she just kind of like, just leaves it up to her audience to kind of decide what the ending should be. Like that missing piece. We'll talk about it in a spoiler edition. Cause there was an ending. I don't know. I don't know. So, okay. What was something else you didn't like? I didn't like this. This is more of a nitpick. Well, maybe it's not. Um, once again, V. Schwab's strengths are character and world. And these characters were not it. The main character was okay. She was fine. She could have been better. But the villain in the story, and she's really good at villains. That villain was not as good as I know she can write a villain. I kept waiting for them to be fabulous. 
I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This feeling is going to be, and then it never really happened. And that was yeah. a bummer. Yeah. I, that was my number two as well, is that the characters were awfully flat. Yeah. Except for, with the exception of like, because Olivia is so unique, right? She She's completely mute. So she cannot speak at all in this book. And it, it's like, oh my goodness, to be experiencing the horrors of Gallant, right? And this whole like shadow world and seeing ghouls as she calls them and whatnot and literally not being able to talk about it. Yeah. It's like, that's awesome. Like, come on. And I didn't think I would like that, but I did, you know, but I'm like, but she was the only interesting character. All of the other three characters, three, four characters kind of fell flat. And I was like, if you're going to keep it such a simple character realm, like they have to be amazing. Like their backstories and their, you know, yeah, coming of age moment, if you will, within a book needs to be outstanding. And like the villain, like you said, I was waiting for that moment of like we have now tipped the scales because now of X, Y, and Z. And it was like, was that it? That is <laughs> right. Is Are you he, under, is there? He under? Is he is there? Any under there? <laughs> yeah. Those were all my dislikes. Same. I I just have some nitpicks. Okay. It's nitpicking time. I have two nitpicks. What about you? I don't have any nitpicks. My first nitpick is that it's such a sad, simple story. And it could have been such a sad, amazing story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, you're right. Addie LaRue was a sad, amazing story. That's that book was sad. It was sad. Very sad. So many times, Don and I were like, "My heart is just broken." Yeah. Yeah, it just it was so close. (laughs) So, about you, I I didn't have any nitpicks. That was it. That was all my dislikes. Okay, it's just Ashley. Yeah, I said it's nitpicking time. It's Ashley. Okay. Say that. Okay. Yeah, my next my next one is I just felt sympathy. I just felt sympathy for Olivia. I wanted more for her. Yeah. And I didn't get that. <laughs> you know, I was just that was a that's probably a me thing. It could be a me problem. That's yeah. Fine. I can take that one. All right. <laughs> okay, what are some things that you liked about this um, book? All right, let me look at my notes. All right, so I listened to it, and the narrator is a man, even though our main character is a little girl. And so, as Ashley was saying, if you haven't read the book, the main character, Olivia, has this journal that her mother has written, and she reads it over and over again, trying to get any kind of clues or, you know, just some some comfort from a woman that she's never met. And there are a couple times in the book where we hear the journal entries, but in the middle of the book, it's like the pages are gray and those are her actual journal entries. It's not Olivia reading it. And in the audio book, the way the off, the way the narrator is reading it, I should probably say that her mother has seemed to slowly go mad. That's kind of how it's portrayed because her writing her writings have become a little bit erratic and there's like stuff scratched out and so when the narrator reads it when she starts to spiral he reads it really quickly and he and there's a sound effect for the slash marks and as he's reading it he's reading it really fast and he's reading it really manic and I'm listening to it and I kind of started crying while I'm listening to it because I had to like, I was working and I had to like stop working because I'm like listening to this woman like spiral as she's talking really fast. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so sad. Is this how people, you know, who are manic depressant or have, you know, thoughts that spiral? Is this what, is this what they do? Is this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is this how their mind works? Is this what it sounds like in their head? And if it is, it's terrifying. Yeah. I had goosebumps because I like, started listening to it on audio and I got so sucked into the story that I was like oh my gosh I want to just read it 
and those journal entries where you literally hear her going mad and she decides oh I don't want to write that it's like (sighs) yeah (sighs) it's like (sighs) (laughs) like I would like get goosebumps and I'm like oh oh my gosh like I felt so sorry for this woman because like you get a glimpse into her crazy mental unstable mind like where she's like trying to you know, say what's on, on her heart, but she's, like, not able to, so it's, like, she's, like, cutting herself off from, like, sharing her, her heart to her daughter, you know, and then you have, like, that whole shift in between who the, um, the main focus is of these letters in this journal entry and all that stuff, and it's just, like, to go down, like, the journal thing was awesome, it was awesome, because, I have not had anything like that, and they're not, like, these long entries either. Thank you, V.E. Schwab, for actually doing, like, a normal, like, note to self. Today this happened. Or, um, I can see them and they can't see me. Maybe they're real, maybe they're not real. Like, just, like, these little things. I don't know, this is great. This is great. Okay, so... Number two for me that I really like, because I also really like what John said as well, um, I enjoyed the concept of death. I enjoyed the concept of death and what death takes and the fact that it can take a living thing and literally, like, suck it dry of its happiness, its color, its morality, and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Like, she did a really good job with that concept of death and what this blight that was happening within this gallant universe if you will okay i didn't think about that but yeah that does interesting when you when you mention it and i'm like thinking about the story and like yeah i see it now yeah 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 well going along those lines um and we'll talk more about this in the spoiler edition but um schwab she's a, a symbolic writer and she uses um a couple of really good symbols teeth and shadows really well and I don't want to say anything because it's a spoiler, but I did like how she used those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really enjoyed the weirdness of this story. <laughs> I didn't realize that this was like horror, like borderline horror, eerie, weird, like shadowy people are still present but they're like their souls are still here and you can see them but don't look at them though because then it scares them away and all this stuff like I don't know I gobbled this book up I was like I have to know what is happening (laughs) I've never read anything like it before and I was like I'm totally here for the weird like I'm totally here for it because I want to know what happens yeah so. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, because I was like, I don't know what a ghoul is. I love horror, by the way. I love horror. So I was okay. all, I was all for it, but I didn't, I wasn't expecting ghouls. I'm like, I'm not sure what a ghoul is, but this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ghosts and stuff. So yeah, that wasn't, that was a, a, a nice, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It was, it was, it was nice. I, Ashley and I don't read descriptions of the books anymore. So we had no idea what we were about to get ourselves into. So. Mm-hmm. We just knew it was Schwab. So we were like, I'm in. Yeah. Let's jump in. Why not? I liked, as Ashley said, uh, Olivia, the main character is mute. And I liked the imagery. Uh, um, Schwab used a lot of imagery to describe her loneliness and the fact that people cannot hear her and she has a lot to say and what it feels like to not be able to say what you want and, you know, all that stuff. So just just the way that she wrote it, I thought was really effective as someone who's never been mute before. Yeah, I, I just felt super, like an insane amount of empathy for Olivia because you can hear her like or well as it's being narrated you can literally hear her thoughts and she has all of these things to say and she can't quickly dictate like to someone who doesn't know sign language what to do and then when she does find someone who 
can sign a little bit edgar the other like housekeeper thing which i want to know their whole thing by the way we didn't get any of that (laughs) no um there's like two housekeepers that are there to like help the prior family and whatnot you know and so when she finds someone that can communicate with her she's like oh my goodness he's like whoa whoa whoa. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was like you know and so it was like but in that moment I was so happy for her because she finally felt a sense of like I can be accepted like someone can listen to me because I have things to say yeah and she didn't feel so silent and the way that Schwab wrote that I was like again her writing is amazing oh yeah she can write so eloquently and you just feel like you're sitting right there in the corner, like watching it all happen. Yeah. Like, I, you can explain about a house to me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I really liked Olivia when she lived at the boarding house as opposed to when she lived at Gallant. Like, like the way her character at the boarding house was fantastic. Just the way that she interacted with the other girls. And there was a boy that came into the picture at one point And... I was like, oh, God, I love this girl. She's great. And then she left and went to Gallon. I was like, eh, well, she's all right. <laughs> That's all I had for, for my likes. I mean, this story is fairly simple. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to spoil it. Yeah. Now. Well, what's our next book? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, our next book is Book of Night. I don't know why we're having a running theme here. Uh, by Holly Black. So if you're interested, catch us next time in the next podcast. We also sometimes post to YouTube. Actually, now Dawn does because she's amazing and we love her. And she posts our, our reviews to YouTube. Until next time, we'll catch you in the next podcast. On you, unless you want to stay around. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. And hello to those of you who are sticking around for the spoiler edition. We are going to start the spoiler edition in five, four, three, two, one. Yay. <laughs> Actually sucks. Wait, it's five, four, it's three. And then switch two, two fingers. One. one. Okay. So let's start with our spoiler spoilers of gallant it's not much to spoil but the biggest spoiler is the reveal of her parents which i was kind of confused at first i was like was she assaulted by the shadow man i'm so confused right now because at one point she says in her journal i hope it's you and not him or something and the only other him is either her uncle or, no, her brother or the shadow man. But it was the shadow. It was not the shadow man. It was whatever his name was. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it was the death guy. It was the actual, like, death incarnate himself. Not a piece of him. Say what? It was death itself, but it wasn't his pieces of him that he has let have life. Yeah, it was. She confirmed no. that it was. Wasn't it? See, I already see. I thought it was one of his four thingies. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was, but they take on um, over time. They started to take on like humanistic characteristics. Yeah. You know where they started to have feelings and emotions of their own, and they were no longer like solely the same thought and feeling processed as death himself. Yeah. I mean, technically it was death, but it was just a piece of him. It was part of him. And on, speaking of that, so, what's his name? The Master Shadow? What was his name? I don't know his name. Did he have a name? I just called him Death. Death, okay. (laughs) So, he... um, I don't know if he does. I swear it's like the master, master, shadow master. The shadow master. I feel like like crow, like six of crows. (laughs) I don't know. We'll just call him death. I like. Well, I don't know. It doesn't. Because her father had a name too. 
I'm looking. I'm looking, but I don't. Weren't, okay, so weren't his, his four thingies, his carbuncles, let's call them carbuncles, weren't they, <laughs> weren't they actual people? And then he like, no, they were never people. They were, he wasn't a soldier. Am I thinking of something else? I just read they this were, last week, folks. They were his soldiers. Oh, they were his soldiers. This, okay. They were his soldiers, they, but they were pieces of himself. Okay. They were pieces that, that he took from himself, though, because, like, he um, had talked about how, like, there's always the one piece that he'll never be able to get back of himself, like the molar that is no longer yeah. there in his mouth. Like, now there, there's a hole, whereas the other soldiers, like, came from, like, his... Um, you know, his rib, his shit. And that's what I want to talk about. So one of his soldiers came from his rib, which is biblical. Yeah. So he's like the shadow man or death, whatever we're going to call him, is got some sort of a God complex. (laughs) I feel like Schwab always puts something religious in her books because she puts something religious in um, Addie LaRue too. Yeah, because she was talking about death, you know, as well there. So maybe, I don't know, maybe she is interested in that whole, like, walking with death in life. Yeah, metaphor. she must be. She must. Like, like we're constantly, like, getting closer to death as we age. You know, yeah. like, maybe that's what she's talking about, I even, think. Even like, in Vicious, they were trying to avoid death. They were like, yeah, she must, she must be really interested in, in death and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so but it I, was it was really trippy. So what was the other like thing that you pulled from like with the pieces of him? So the other one was like you were saying, um, his tooth. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking up the symbolism of teeth, and teeth are f- well. There's a couple things with the teeth. The well, okay. So let's just start with what you were talking about. So teeth, um. Molars are used for crushing and grinding. And Grace, which was Olivia's mom, took the molar, right? Mm-hmm. So, and he used that because he was always crushing things with his hands. He would like crush mice and everything. And he got his molar taken, which kind of crushed him in a sense. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't, well, he was still crushing things, but she kind of took something important away from him. And Olivia is mute. So I wonder if taking his tooth has something to do with her being mute. That's interesting because she took something, he had to give something. Because Olivia has like powers very similar to death. Yeah. Like she's able to control the shadows of her family, even though she is half death and half human. Yeah. If you will. Well, she could, she's a um, necromancer. Basically she could bring, she could bring the flowers back to life, but only yeah. I was calling it the upside down, but it's not the upside down. It's something, it's called something else. I can't remember what she called it, but yeah, she, I forgot about that. She, she's kind of a necromancer. Yeah. But she can't bring back something um, like she can't bring back to life something on the death side. She has to bring it back to the life side, if that makes sense. So she can't bring it fully back in the upside down world, if you will. I thought she could only bring it back in the upside down. Girl, we... we... Hold on. Yes. Because... Wow. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It's It's so complex. But yes, she can't bring things to life in the real world but yet in the death's world she is able to restore life to it yeah because death himself has become greedy and has eaten away the life out of death wow that's metaphorical right there don this is like i'm in like an english class yeah (laughs) so tell me like you but it's true though, because he I think there is a there is a line where it says that he got greedy and hungry and started taking the life out of death. 
basically. Mm -hmm. And so now it's all just shadow and dust and nothing has any sort of soul to stay living anymore because he has the ability to kill it again and again and again and again. But yeah, maybe it is. Maybe the tooth thing is a symbolism for why Olivia can't talk. It must be because she could have chosen any body part to take from him. But the fact that she took his tooth and then her daughter's mute, I think was mm -hmm. not accidental. And Olivia was born after the tooth situation. Mm -hmm. Like she was born after that piece of death was dead. Because he killed that part of himself for basically getting too close to Grace and then when that when he would kill a part of himself, it would retract to that body part or back to dust or bone or whatever it was that it basically came out of. And so she took that piece of him then in that moment and ground it up. So he could never have it back. Yeah. To taunt and torment and whatever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. See, this is why this book is still a four star for me. Like it's yeah. still it's still worth talking about because it's so deep. It's so deep. And even when you go into the fact that like Olivia can see ghouls, she can see ghosts and the fact that she's able to con like ask them for help is huge because in death's world, he uses them to do his bidding in an evil way. And she uses the living side to protect her. Just, just so weird but they can't cross over like she can't ask for help no wait a minute no she can because the one other dude helped her on the other side yeah but i think he had he he could control them more like she could tell them what to do but when when oh, the death came like, they yeah. were like i'm sorry i can't help you okay yeah 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 okay no you're right you're right you're right um, okay, let's talk about, um, we talked a lot about Olivia. Let's talk about Matthew Pryor. What is there to talk about? This poor guy. Huh? Nothing, go ahead. You know, would you say, what is there to talk about? This poor guy who's, like, basically her, her, her cousin. She had no idea that she had family or whatever. He reminded me of, like, this skin and bone, like completely hollowed out eyes like just it, the, like the house was eating away at him the upkeep of this house um and the fact that he still had enough humanity I will say this the fact that he still had enough humanity to tell her you need to leave before it takes over your you as well like and you become a slave basically to holding this house line together you know, and they had this weird, like, corrupt way of thinking, I almost want to say, because, like, the priors were bought, or, excuse me, the priors were brought to this house to protect it from death sweeping into the land, essentially. And they put their whole, like, blood-soaked bodies, basically, into the ground and sealed off this you know, garden with iron to protect the other side from coming in and completely draining it of life. And so, like, that was all weird because I'm like, well, how do they know that it's okay for them to, like, by their blood, they have now sealed it shut? Like, they've given their life for the, the boundary line. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Like, it's so weird because yeah. the door itself is not, like, this big, humongous, Narnia-looking door. It's a very abstract, small little door off to the side that you would have no idea that leads to the world on the other side type of thing. It had very much so, like, Secret Garden vibes to me. Mm. where it was like you've been sworn off going into the garden because death has happened here. But yet there was still life on the other side, you know, type of thing. I don't know. Like it's so that whole thing was trippy because I was like, well, how do they know that like just because he dies with it, doesn't that mean that 
the house would then crumble if there is not someone else to guard the gate. She explained it. It's explained in the book because I had to read it a couple of times. But it was because it because. okay. so the lore is that there always has to be a prior at the house to basically seal the gate with their blood. However, the death man was killing them off on purpose. Well, that doesn't that's not that makes sense, because once they're dead, then he can come over. He can cross over because they can't steal the gate anymore so he was what's your question again sorry so my question was you know once matthew dies and if olivia wasn't there wouldn't he then be able to cross over yeah because he was killing them on purpose so like but their whole lore is kind of like flip-flopped well yeah well he said so i think matthew said that we were wrong oh because they thought that it would protect everyone, but yeah. yet it's not. But yet he still has a duty to the house. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I felt bad for him and his whole brother thing. I was really hoping that his brother was not, like, dead dead. No, this is V. Schwab. The- she is not afraid to kill characters. They were all dead. They were all dead. <laughs> they were all dead. And he died so, so like, you know gallant as well yeah (laughs) he really did because he didn't want to bring another family member into his life because he's kind of already like sealed his fate but yet i feel like because olivia was brought back you know her whole necromancer thing if you will she brought life back to him so he felt like he had something to die for that was tangible versus i'm now the only one and i'm just gonna die here weeding the garden yeah which is like super sad can you how did her mom die did i forget i think i forgot her mom i don't remember honestly remember if they said how she died i don't think they said how she i think she literally went crazy and I think she might have wound up on the other side because he had her shadow there. Like, and was holding it captive. Yeah. So I think I think he tricked her to open the door and to come through basically and never... I think that that's what happened because well, there was nobody, no daddy type of thing, if you will. Yeah. But at one point, Olivia was like, it was confirmed. That her mother was dead. She knew that her mother was dead. Oh, it's because she saw her ghost. Doi. That's why she... Well, if anybody out there is listening and you you know, could you please let us know? Because I forgot. Or maybe I never knew. I, I don't know if they, she ever told us. I, re- I think it was one of those things that, like, you knew that she was dead because he had her ghost. And because she was a ghoul as well. Yeah, that's what I meant. She was a ghoul. Like, yeah. on the other, on the living side. Yeah. you know so because like, like her whole thing was like you know he's coming for me he's coming for me and all of that stuff so i wonder if that was like i wonder if she ventured over because that's what happened the first time yeah in her head and she ventured over so yeah um i want to just briefly talk about edgar and hannah so edgar and hannah are like this cute couple that have basically been the nanny housekeeper for the priors like in this family i want to know how they came to be in that family (laughs) and that they know what's happening they know that they seal up you know the doors at night they know that they don't have any guests come you know like all of this stuff it's just weird that they would stay there for that purpose if you will what are your thoughts on them i didn't have thoughts i'm sorry i didn't care about them they weren't contributing to the story i mean they were nice but yeah i wanted so like those two characters in particular when i talked about the spoiler 
free edition like when I say characters were flat it's because like we were left with untied stories for them yeah. and I wanted to know why like like why would you stay um the only thing I could think of is that because Matthew was left without parents so that's why they stayed and then when he died they kind of just took Olivia in yeah and they're like why not we have nowhere else to go we know how it goes here it's fine we're we're, we're good to die with the house maybe they <laughs> just didn't have any other family so right um so and then i think you wanted to talk about um boarding house olivia versus gallant olivia you had talked about that oh yeah so boarding house olivia i really liked the part where um because okay this is why i liked olivia a lot a lot of times authors they make their main character grow well all authors do that you have to have your character grow and usually growth comes from being bullied and meek and then they grow to stand up for themselves whereas this girl olivia she's always been like you're not gonna mess with me and the fact that they took her journal when she was a little girl and what did she do she like what'd she do to her hair That's what it was. Spiders, and she drizzled it on the other girl, and I was like, "You feisty!" Yeah, I. It reminded me like the Parent Trap, where they set like the traps on the other like clubhouse because they're being. Yeah, yeah, I liked that she was. She wasn't taking anybody's crap when she was little, Uh and she didn't have any friends because of it because they were afraid of her. But she was she was content with that. Yeah. So I just and the ghouls laughed with her. Yeah. The ghouls were laughing with her and would never snitch in their weird like you know way of them being you know in any capacity. And I was like, huh, that's kind of yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yet there was there was a respect level that I loved about boarding house Olivia with the ghouls. Like, she knew that she should not be dallying with them. Like, she had enough common sense, but yet they were still, like, her secret, you know, lab cat dog thing that she would talk to about stuff. Yeah. So. I just liked her. I just liked Olivia's whole attitude. There was some boy that was trying to talk to her, and she was just like... (gasps) whatever man and then when he was talking to some other girl she was like i don't care all right let's go over here and look at this cat like i was like i love that i love her she was just more she was just so much more interesting at the boarding house than when she left the boarding house and maybe because matthew was just booty i don't know but she was just far more interesting at the boarding house yeah well and it's like i feel like a gallon i don't think she understood her place at the boarding house, she knew that she was an outsider. She knew she wasn't like other girls, so, and she accepted that. And it's like she got to Gallant, and she was still trying to find her place. Like, she kind of just didn't really know what it was anymore. Yeah. Um, and the ending, I thought, was interesting because she chose to stay at Gallant and restore life to it. Yeah. You know? And I'm like... She had a Harry Potter mirror of um, Ezared, what's it called? Moment, kind of, where death was like, if you stay here, I'll bring your parents back for you. And she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the house and be with real people. Yeah, but see, what a tricky game that she was playing, though, because first of all, she's mute. Number one, she's an oddity, a hundred percent. Like, wouldn't you want to stay? Like, I feel like that that gimmick would have applied to a more naive person, and it just showcased Olivia's character very well because she was smart. She's like, no, I know that that you're dead, and I know that if I stay here, I won't have life, and I'm okay with leaving. You know? Yeah. And I was like, what? What? what a great good good for you it wasn't one of those moments of like 
she knew that it was a trick and she knew that you know that all these things would come to pass blah 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 it wasn't none of that crap it was she had enough common sense to make a choice in that moment make a big girl choice if you will yeah so but i thought the ending was kind of like a one-lined note you know because it's like matthew dies death is sealed on the other side but not forever because the ground's shifting so it's like is that the metaphor that you can't hold back death no i think um i was looking up shadows and like the symbolism of shadows and well one symbol is that it mirrors or copies which is kind of like the 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 upside down house if you will and at first i was like oh this is just the upside down and i was like not that's not really original but i like the way she described it as the seam so you know when you when you look at a shadow and you can see where you end and the shadow begins in that little seam right there that's kind of where the house began i thought that was i thought that was really interesting how she described that so it, it so it wasn't the upside down anymore but let me see if i can find it again Okay, so it's it's Carl Jung. I believe that's probably an author or something. He says that it is impossible to run away from a shadow or lose your shadow because ultimately your shadow is a representation of you. So maybe you can never get a... You, unless you get rid of the thing that's casting the shadow, the shadow's never going to go away. So it's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. He's never going to go away. He's essentially a shadow. If that makes sense. I'm still not happy with <laughs> Well, I like that Matthew is still there to help her play the piano. I was like, oh, that's nice. That, that was, was really so sad. Sweet. That was so sweet. Um, and I also learned, too, that um, Schwab actually wrote the last page of this book before she wrote the rest of the book. Yeah, she And I thought that. that that was cool because that's what we're left with. And I was like, but that's how she's, she's, she came up with the story um, and all of that. And I was like, so sweet. I feel like <laughs> with, with Schwab, she's one of those people, one of those authors where, I don't know, I feel like I can see her thinking. So I just imagine she's walking one day and she sees her shadow and she's just like, huh, a shadow. That's interesting. Let me write a whole book about it. Like, I feel like that's what she thinks. I'm just going to write a whole book about yeah. a shadow. I know, but if you read the back of the book, though, she talked about how, like, she had to, like, really pull for this book. Like, she really had to pull for this story. And I was like, huh. You know, like, she she basically had, like, the last page. And then she had to sit and think about how she was going to bring that whole last page to be a story. And that's basically what happens. Like, we're walking along, we're like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. I might add in some of these things over here. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but it's not, it's not better than that. <laughs> anyway, well, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um. Oh, we didn't talk about that the letter she received was from her dead uncle. <laughs> He's not even alive anymore. <laughs> I thought the shadow man wrote it. Uh-huh. Oh. Addressed from her dead uncle, but it was technically him. I thought maybe he wrote the letter... A long time ago and it just got to her because he That's was like what i had hoped i thought maybe one orphanage was sending it to another one and they would send it so that's what i thought was happening nope but no but no so i did have one more thing to say about teeth that i thought was really cool okay come on teeth girl teeth girl i don't know anything about teeth i don't either had a dream about your teeth falling out though or, like no. crumbling. No, I know that means something, but it's like usually like under like high anxiety and stress, like you can't seem to like. Apparently, there's a lot of things about teeth. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize there were so many things about teeth until I looked it up. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was a thing. Um, it is. So in literature, teeth mean um 
Teeth are a physical representation of our abstract identity, basically meaning turning something inexpressible into something concrete. And the fact that he had his tooth taken away from him, it made him less of what he wanted to be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that tooth so was cool. really important to him and she took it away from him. And he wanted it back badly. What, what, what do you think it would have happened if it was like his rib? Like if he would have taken his rib, would that have been as traumatic? I think so. Because if you're thinking it biblically, like the rib made Eve, which is important to life. So mm-hmm. I think the rib probably would have been more impactful than a tooth. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got. I thought it was great. If we it got just a, a little a... bit more of that, because we were able to to break up Addie LaRue into like four, three or four podcasts and like really get into it because of stuff like that, all the symbolism we talked about. So if we had got more of that and if Matthew and Hannah and Edgar had been developed a little bit more then this would have been a five. This would have been a banger. But because it was a shorter book and it Mm -hmm. was like shorter as in stature and shorter as in page length, like she just didn't take enough time to really develop a world that I know she is just capable of writing. And I am going to have to retire her young adult jersey. I cannot read any more Schwab young adult books. I don't like them. I don't. No, and yeah, I don't know. This is I. Like I said, I thought it was adult. We talked I about it, it in the last I, podcast. We we said it wasn't adult. Where were you? I know, but I still. I st- you know, it was the name. It was the name. We had a whole conversation no. about it. okay well that concludes our talk (laughs) about gallant by v.e schwab and we will see you next time to talk about book of night by holly black and if this book sucks i'm retiring her jersey too okay bye